0: podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough for more information
1: visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk
0: Afterwards Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the sea of Galilee it happened this way Simon Peter Thomas also known as Didymus The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about 100 metres. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153 Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all these things, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep.
1: Thanks, Lolly. We pray the Lord might bless the reading of his word. It is so good to, to have you with us online. Um, We'd much prefer to be in our church building, but at the moment, we're not quite in a position for that to be safe. Uh, but nevertheless, we're able to, to share together in this way online. Uh, we're continuing as always in prayer for each of you, and um, praying that this finds you safe and well. Um, I wonder whether you know this, and of course we've spent, maybe you haven't, but for, for us, we've spent so much time um interacting via different social media platforms and also other platforms where you can um share texts or whatsapp groups etc um but on friday um of the week just gone it was world emoji day now i, I if you don't know what an emoji is and how are you even on facebook i have no idea um but i wondered whether and and you know be sensible. Um, I wondered whether you, you could uh, stick in the chat just one emoji that tells us what your week has been like. Um, whether it's been good, whether it's been bad, whether it's been sort of mediocre, whether the sunshine has, um, has brought out a little bit of happiness you know, I just to have the sun back. But just stick an emoji in the chat, just one, no cheating. Um, and, uh, and let's see, let's see what everybody's week's been like, and maybe that'll give us an opportunity to have a conversation over text or whatever with those particular people. We've been looking, haven't we, over the past few weeks at progress. Um, and on Wednesday evening, during our Bible study as a church, we were looking at a particular passage in Ephesians chapter three, which drew uh, drew our hearts and our minds to a place where we could maybe have a look, or even see the things that perhaps we'd come from, that the Lord had freed us from, that Jesus' victory on the cross had released us from. But also in that, we we see our failures and, and our mistakes. And sometimes we have to work really hard for those things not to affect our future. Things that we've done in the past, We have to work really hard in order that they don't affect our future. And the truth is that we know, don't we, that the enemy can play on those things. And in our mind, we can feel like we are piling the coals onto, uh, you know, stoking the, the flames, as it were. We're not being allowed to forget the things that we've done, the places where we've come from, maybe. As though now in a situation, even though we know the work of the cross, we find ourselves feeling like we're we're not good enough and and we'll never be good enough. Well, I wanted to to lean into this today for for our family service online. We can ask the question, and, and these are what we're going to ask today is does the grace of God reach even me? Does it reach even you? Does the grace of God reach even you? And also then, did Jesus' victory over sin and death include even my failures and flaws, or is it just for everybody else? You know, if we want to let go of baggage, If we want to overcome our failures and our flaws of past, we have to allow God in to the moment, in to the situation. The Psalmist wrote in Psalm 139, a very beautiful Psalm, um, but in verse 23 and 24 specifically, as he poured out his heart to the Lord, he said this, search me God and know my heart, Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. See, the psalmist writes in such a way where he's allowing, where he is in a position where he's willing to allow God in to display the change, to help with the change and to step forward into a future of change, to progress through the moment. You have to want to be found, though. You have to want to be relieved of the burden. And that sounds like an odd thing to say, because the truth in the moment is that perhaps, of course, well, naturally, you would think, well, of course, I want to be released from the burden. But sometimes, in our subconscious, we hold on to things because they're familiar. We, we stay in those moments because it's comfortable and, and the, the unknown is almost more fearful than what we know. So we stay there for, for some unknown reason. That's just perhaps maybe how we're wired. Now I know, and, and, and forgive me for sounding overconfident, but I know that if we are willing to allow God in, God will do the rest. Now, I sound confident and 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 I'll argue I'm not overconfident, but because I've experienced it in my own life, I've experienced God work in things in my life of past failures and flaws that God has dealt with with me and and together we've we've been able to move on. And I've allowed myself to realise the forgiveness of the cross, to realise the love that God has for me. So I've experienced it firsthand for me, but but that's not just good enough, is it? This more uh, today, we want to have a look at what the Word says, and let's see what the Word says as it drills down into this reality that we each have, perhaps on a day-to-day basis. You see here, in this, that Lowell read for us. This is one of the best examples for me, the one that stands out to me, that allows us to see that God can and will deal with the situation, even when we think we're nowhere near good enough. To lay the backstory, if you like, Jesus, in the moments prior to this, of course, as he was being taken to the cross where he punished for our sin and our shame, Jesus is being beaten and humiliated and Peter is looking on. Uh, in these moments, he stood by a coal fire. That's important, and, and we'll see why. But he stood by a coal fire. And he's asked in those moments, in that um, in that awful situation, he's asked, do you know that guy? Aren't you with that guy, even? Aren't they your friends? Aren't you from that area? And Peter, in those moments, says, no, <laughs> no, no. I have no idea, no, nothing to do with me, I, no, not at all. And Peter denies even knowing Jesus. And the truth, as we see in scripture, it's just doing exactly what Jesus told him he was going to do. Jesus had told Peter, you'll deny me three times. And that, in fact, is exactly what Peter did. Peter is broken. He's denied his friend, his teacher, his master. And then he does what I think we all do in these moments where we feel like we have messed up and there is no way back. And Peter resets to his default position. He doesn't know what else to do. So he goes back to what he knows or what he thinks he knows. So he goes back. He resets. Whether that's good or whether that's bad, you've got to think about that in your own life. Whether those moments that we go back to, those things that we go back to, are destructive or not. Peter goes back. And his default was fishing. It's what he knew, it's what he thought he knew, it's what he understood is where he was comfortable. And this is where we pick up the story, where we pick up the account. In John 21 then at verse three, Peter says this, I'm going out to fish, he told them. And they said, well, we'll go with you. So they went out, got into a boat, but that night they caught nothing. Peter says, I'm going fishing. And his friends, as good friends do, go, okay, well, we'll come with you, um, we're here and all night they catch absolutely nothing. To be fair, it sounds like pretty much every fishing trip I've ever been on. Um, I very rarely catch anything. I like to go fishing, it'd just be nice to catch sometimes. Um, But on on the shore then, as Peter and some of the disciples in the boat, on the shore stands Jesus. And Jesus is with a coal fire And he has that roaring away and he has some fish already on the fire cooking. Interestingly, the coal fire in the Greek here is the same word that's used for the coal fire when Peter is stood and he denies Jesus three times. And you'll see that account in John chapter 18 and verse 18. Why do I tell you that? The word in the Greek is anthrochean and it's important to note it's the only times that it's used in scripture, just those two times. Once here and once in John 18 verse 18. Jesus is going to take Peter back to that moment when Peter had a choice to make and he chose the wrong thing. He denied his friend, his teacher and his master and Jesus is going to take him back. He's about to deal with Peter's failures and Peter's flaws. At this point in the story that we find ourselves here now, it's early morning and the the dull light, the morning light, the dawn light prevents the disciples and Peter from seeing who it is on the shore. Jesus shouts in verse six, listen to this. He says, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some, talking about fish as they have said they've not caught anything. And then when they did, so they listened and they stepped. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. This wasn't the first time that the disciples had been in the boat and somebody from the shore had said, try the other side. It wasn't the first time that they'd been in this position. And naturally then, because they experienced firsthand, well, it's happened before we've caught fish. So they do exactly what they know may well, could well, perhaps it might work. And they throw their net on the other side and and then they find out immediately that their nets are bulging. And in verse seven, it tells us, as John uh, recalls what's happening, the disciple whom Jesus loved, John himself, said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon then, so John realises it's Jesus on the shore And and as soon as that happens, Peter has a choice to make. Remember, I said just a few moments ago, you have to be willing to allow God in to help and to change us from the inside out. We have to be willing to allow God to work in our hearts. Peter could have loaded the fish onto the boat. He could have began to prepare the fish as you do when you bring in a, a haul of fish. He could have been a busy doing that. He could have then been busy cleaning and tidying the nets up He could have then been busy making sure that everything was right, getting themselves back to shore, wrapping everything up nice and safely, and just carrying on his merry way as though nothing miraculous had happened. He could have done that. But he was willing. He was willing because verse 7 tells us, as soon as Simon Peter, look, verse 7, heard him say it is the Lord. He wrapped his outer garment around him for he'd taken it off and he jumped into the water. Peter was in a moment where he knew that he had to get to his friend, his teacher, his master. He had to get to him. He was willing, and he jumps straight into the water and gets to the shore to see Jesus. Now, remember, the moment has been set. Jesus has the Anthrochean, the the coal fire, lit. The moment is set, and when they've had breakfast, after they've had their fill, Jesus begins to speak with Peter. And we see this in verse 15 through 17. Jesus, in this conversation, he asks Peter three times. He says, Peter, do you love me? Three times, he asks. And Peter replies each time, yes. But at the third time, it it records for us that Peter is hurt by Jesus asking a third time. Verse 17, the third time he said to him, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. He says you know everything of course you know I love you and in that moment Peter now knows Jesus loves him and he loves Jesus Jesus has taken the time to show Peter that if he's willing forgiveness is free and available if he is willing to step, if he is willing to do, then he is in a moment now where he can see that Jesus loves him and he loves Jesus. He'd reset hadn't he? Peter had reset to his default. He'd gone back to fishing and Jesus had to bring him back to the moment for Peter to see, okay, Jesus still loves me because he's here and I still love Jesus. Church, let me tell you, his grace is enough. The cross was sufficient for your sin and for my sin and your failure and my failure. The cross is enough. The cross has done what needed to be done. Jesus has broken sin's chains and we're free in him. Free from our old self, free from our old choices and our old mistakes, free from condemnation, the Bible tells us, free from shame. Jesus has won, love has won, but you have to be willing to get out of the boat. You have to be willing to get out of the boat. The truth is that as we read this word, and I read it from the NIV, our translation doesn't do this uh, story, this account, justice. Because actually what happens in the Greek is Jesus uses two different versions of the word love, and they mean completely different things. In the first two that Jesus says, do you love me? Jesus is using the word agape, which is God to sinful man. Do you love me? Essentially saying in the Greek, do you agape me? Do you love me as God loves you and me, as sinners as we are? Do you love me? He asks him twice this. And then the third time in verse 17, he uses a different type of love. He uses the word which is "filio," which is between brothers, between friends, companions. It's a brotherly love. It's a companionship love. And his eyes in that moment are opened and he knows that he loves Jesus, yes, but truthfully, he couldn't. Agape loved Jesus. He couldn't love Jesus in the Agape way because the Holy Spirit hadn't yet come. But Jesus, in his love for Peter and the disciples and for you and for me, Jesus was pointing to this saying there's gonna be a time, Peter, when you're gonna understand what agape love is. Right now, you understand filial love, but there's gonna be a time when you're gonna understand this God-given love. And Peter would remember this moment. Peter would remember that when it came to leading people to salvation, Peter would remember that when finding it tough to forgive after being wronged by somebody, Peter would remember what Jesus had done for him. Jesus was showing Peter that there is a better way. Jesus was showing Peter that I love you. I agape love you, Peter. And soon you will love in that agape way too, that unconditional God-given love that we can only have when we accept Christ as Saviour and we receive the Holy Spirit. That is now Jesus is saying, I'm gonna show you that there is going to be a better way. You'll be able to put it to use, Peter. Now I've asked you to feed the flock, the church. Now I've asked you to grow them on, to teach them, to rebuke them when necessary. But above all, Peter, what I want you to do is I want you to love them like I have loved you. That's what I want you to do, Peter. To love them as I have loved you. And the question then remains for you and me this morning, today, is does the grace of God reach even you? Does God's unmerited favour reach even you? And the answer is yes, it absolutely does. From my personal experience, I know that his grace is enough for me. And when we look into the word, we can see that even when somebody denies Jesus, that Jesus loves them enough to bring them back to the moment, to deal with it and to move forward. Does Jesus' victory over sin and death include even my failures and flaws, your failures and flaws? Yes. Even yours? Yes, it does and the truth is he is ready and he is waiting for you today but you have to be willing to get out of the boat let's pray heavenly father we just want to thank you for this opportunity that we've had to worship you to look into your word and we pray that you would just speak into our hearts and into our minds. That, Father, we would see something more of your wonder and your beauty. Father, we'd realise that you love us with an unconditional love. And that, Father, that your grace is enough. The work of the cross was enough, even for the very worst of me. Lord, you've made a way where there was no way. And I just pray, Lord, that if there's anybody that is in a position where they're feeling like the past is just too bad, that they would realise, and they wouldn't limit the cross, but they would realise, Lord, that you have done what needed to be done. And I pray, Lord, that you would just speak that truth into each of our hearts. We just thank you for all that you do for us. Help us, Lord, to love those around about us as you have loved us. Bless us, we pray. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So thank you so much for joining with us. I will eventually get used to the fact that we are in the afternoon. It's so difficult to not keep saying good morning, but we're not worried about that. It's great that you're uh, tuning in with us. Continue to do that. If you haven't already stuck an emoji in the chat for how your week's been, please do that, just so I can have a laugh, if nothing else. Um, And we look forward to seeing you very soon. God bless.